0: Coach Mark Kingston, USC baseball coach, joins us now right here on Sports Talk as he's about to commence another season with the Gamecocks. Welcome in, sir. How are you? Hey, Phil. How you doing? We're doing great. Great to have you back. Great to have baseball back and good luck to you and the Gamecocks this coming season. How are you feeling about this team?
1: I feel pretty good. Uh, You know, as you've seen, we're in the polls. We're generally in that 9 to probably 13 range, which I think is probably fair. Uh Um, I think if our pitching pitching develops as we hope it does, we can continue to go up from there. Um, So I think it's a good place to start. Um, I think our offense, obviously, is is right now is the calling card of this team because we have so many guys back, because we have two first-team All-Americans that anchor that lineup. You know, I think that's the natural place that people look first. Uh, but I'm hopeful that our pitching will surprise just like our hitters
0: did last year. When you talk about pitching being uh, an if, is that a in your mind, is it a big if, like you' got a lot of concern or is it a small if like you know some guys are going to step up and get it done and it's really not something you, you lose a lot of sleep over?
1: Yeah, I'm pretty confident that we have the, the, have the guys in that, uh, on that pitching staff to get the job done. We've got the, you know, the Beckers and the Joneses and, and Roman Kimball, I think, is going to be really good. And Dylan Eskew is our most improved pitcher. Uh, reminds me a lot of James Hicks from last year. Uh, so we've got the guys. You've got Chris Veach at the back end. So we've got some, got some guys that we know what they can do and they've gotten better. And I think we've got a lot of fresh arms. Uh, that just need opportunities to, to prove who they are. So I think we can get it done.
0: Are you dealing with an, any a significant number of arm issues with guys who who might pitch this year, but right now they're on the shelf because you got to bring them along slowly?
1: Yeah, I would say Becker and Kimball are in that, in that category right now. Nothing long-term, nothing significant, but we're just going to be careful and conservative because it is a marathon. We're going to play the long game. Uh, you want to be best at the end, so... We're going to be careful with those guys early on. They have a couple things that are just little nagging issues, but uh, nothing that will keep them out long-term.
0: Boy, how fortunate do you feel to have a couple of players like uh, Petri and Messina, a couple of preseason first-team All-Americans, and guys who are arguably the best players in the country at their respective positions?
1: Yeah, that's a heck of a place to start, isn't it? it, And the crazy thing, Phil, last year at this time – we didn't know what we had quite yet in, in Cole Messina and Ethan Petry. As if you you remember, Ethan Petry did not start on opening day huh. because he had struggled in the preseason. He was two for nineteen with eleven strikeouts last year at this time, uh, so he wasn't he wasn't even in the starting lineup on opening day. And Cole Messina, you know, had, had just coming off winning the, the starting position, um, but we hoped that he was ready for it and could really you know respond in a good way and and he turned it into an All-American season. So, uh, you know, having those two guys to start, we're so much further ahead of the game than we were last year at this time. So that's always a great starting point when you've got two All-Americans there. Sure.
2: Coach, if I'm not mistaken, I heard you in a press conference a week or so ago, you were talking about Ethan Petrie in particular, and about what he's done during the uh, fall. And last fall, I think if I have my numbers correct, he hit one home run. He hit six this fall and you were saying does that mean he's going to hit six more home runs six times more home (laughs) runs than he did last year doubtful but what do you anticipate for a freshman who burst on the scene like he did last year how do you in your mind do you help him avoid that dreaded sophomore slump and him be able to sort of duplicate or replicate the uh, batting average and the doubles and home runs and all the power numbers he had last year
1: well I think the key with Ethan is to make sure he doesn't put too much pressure on himself you know last year he came out of nowhere And he caught everybody by surprise. Now everybody in the country knows who Ethan Petrie is. So the key for him is to make sure that he doesn't put too much pressure on himself. Uh, I think he needs to, he needs to understand that teams may pitch him a little bit different um, because they know who he is. Now they know how dangerous he is. A good thing for him is he has another one of the best hitters in the country hitting behind him uh, in Cole Messina. So if they want to pitch around Ethan, Uh, Cole's going to make him pay. So that's why it's really important that Ethan continues to develop his plate discipline, his strike zone discipline, because if they want to walk him a lot like they did to Barry Bonds back in the day, then Cole Messina is going to make him pay. But if Ethan, you know, kind of starts chasing hits or swings out of the strike zone too much when they're not giving into him, uh, you know, that's, that's when you see guys take a step back. And so we're really encouraging him to just, if you focus on your plate discipline and swing at the right pitches, you'll have another great year.
2: What did you learn about yourself as a head coach to sort of navigate and manage through a season like last year where you guys were a consensus top five, you know, easy a top eight national seed. For the majority of the season you get besieged by injuries and you fall off to a situation where you just host a regional but have to go on the road to a super regional. What did you learn about having to navigate through a season like that and what did your team teach you about their resiliency as well and especially for the guys who are coming back for this season?
1: Yeah, I would say two things, really. Number one, it taught me that the investment we had made in trying to create a close-knit team in terms of guys that would have each other's back, you know, it's well-documented how we went out to Fort Jackson uh, as a team and did some things together where they really kind of needed to bond as a team and as a group and, and have their, you know, learn how to have each other's backs through the thick and the thin. Um, and I think that really paid off for us when we went through some, some tough times. And I also thought for, you know, as a head coach, as a leader, just reiterated that they, players need a coach that would stay calm through that kind of storm. They don't need a coach that's flying off the handle, the highs, the lows, all that. They want consistent leadership. They want a calm presence that, that will steer the ship um, through the tough times. And I think, you know, just because we were able to get through that and then still finish the season, you know, really, really strongly dominating our regional and really going toe-to-toe with the team that, that was playing for the national championship at the end. You know, I, I think those are the two things that, again, showed me that you, you need to have a close-knit team because there are going to be rough spots in the SEC. And then as a leader, you, you need to stay as calm and consistent as possible.
0: Do you think you've successfully replaced Wimmer, not only uh, in your lineup, but in the field and in your clubhouse?
1: Well, we'll see. You know, he was a very valuable player for us last year. And, again, last year at this time, people, people were wondering, why are we playing him at shortstop? You know, he was the second baseman. Why have we moved him over there? Um, but we saw, you know, through the nine months of the preseason, you know, how he had developed, and, and he became a really special player for us. A tremendous shortstop, double-digit home run guy, pro prospect, you know, was drafted in a good spot and moved on. Uh, so a guy like that's tough to replace. That kind of offense from shortstop – is not common it just you don't get that kind of speed and power and defense from that shortstop position i mean he was a true five tool player uh we'll go into the season with will Tippett as our shortstop Uh, he's one of our most improved players he's put on about 15 pounds from last year so that's improved every area of his game um and so uh, it's going to be hard to say we're going to get the exact same production out of that position as we did last year But I think Will Tippett will play the game, you know, at a very high level in his own right.
0: What you got planned for your rotation this weekend?
1: Well, we haven't announced it officially yet, so um, I want to get with my coaches. I want to get with with our uh, sports uh, information people just to make sure that we get it out the right way. And so uh, I respect you
0: asking the question and and trying to
1: (laughs) see if I'll slip it out tonight, but – we're not quite ready to re- release that publicly.
2: No, I understand. I understand. Coach Backett didn't bite on it yesterday either, Coach. Yeah. So you guys, you guys yeah. do a nice job of playing close to the vest. So you, you,
0: you younger baseball well, coaches, you're slicker. The old guys like Leggett and Tanner, they'd fall for it every time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate you calling me young,
1: and and I will say we've been to a few rodeos over the years. <laughs> Yes, yeah, and then the older guys like Gary Gilmore out of nowhere announced their retirement live on our show. That's true. <laughs> hey,
0: yeah. if you ever want to announce your retirement, we're the place to do it because that's where Coach Gilmore did it last last year. Uh, much to you know, our that's surprise, the so. that's the deal. That's
1: the deal. Um, that's everybody's coaches. Every coach's dream is that they get to choose when they stop.
0: There you go. Exactly that's right. Exactly. How do you feel about your non-conference schedule? I, you know, I know how you feel about your SEC slate. But uh, how do you feel about the non-conference schedule getting you ready for that SEC schedule?
1: Yeah, you know, I think it's every year. You, you know that you've got the 30 SEC games, you've got the three Clemson, you've got the one North Carolina. So you've got 34 games that are absolute dogfights. So you want to schedule in a way that, that allows you to play a lot of home games so you can get some consistency. You want to be challenged. You want to play teams that you think, will most likely finish at the top of their conference because they'll win games and that will help your RPI and so I think it's a, I think it's a pretty fair schedule as, as schedules go
0: all right last thing you're pretty much set I think on your your second base uh, your second base starter right you're pretty much set there
1: yeah Parker Nolan from Vanderbilt the Vanderbilt transfer has come in and played really well uh, I think his game is going to take another jump just like Gavin Cass did last year from Vanderbilt um, he's, he's really swinging the bat well, he plays a really solid uh, defensive second base, and the guy's proven. He Four years at Vanderbilt, uh, played in a national championship series uh, at Vanderbilt, so is a really nice addition for our team. Sure, sure. Coach, one more question, actually, while we got you. So many important people over at Founders Park do such a terrific job every year, making it one of the best venues in the country, between the concessions, box office security, the groundskeepers, and others that I'm forgetting. Any new Additions or surprises or things for fans to look forward to, or maybe with the grounds crew, with Tim Planigan and Donnie Lindler and those guys, any new uh, exciting outfield additions in the grass or anything like that? Well, I'm sure at some point they'll do some really cool designs out there. I don't know if they have anything planned for this weekend. Uh, Outside of that, I think it's pretty much status quo. And you asked if there will be any more surprises, and
0: so if there if there are surprises, hmm. uh, I guess we'll have to let them remain surprises. <laughs> oh, I love it, mysterious. <laughs> have you uh, settled on first base for this weekend? Is is going to be able to play? What's your situation over there? He's got a, he's
1: got a, a sprained thumb right now, so he's a he's a TBA. Uh, the guys you could potentially see there are, are Cassis. Uh, Tyler Causey, a new addition from the University of North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, but you could also, believe it or not, see Ethan Petrie over there at first base as well. So Cassis uh, is a little banged up. Causey's a Causey is dealing with a little bit of a groin right now. Uh, so don't be surprised if you
0: happen to see Ethan Petrie there a little bit too. Who would, who would play right field if, if he's at first? You could probably see Dylan Brewer out there. In his 10th year. Dylan Brewer, yes, he's, yes, he's been he's been around he, he, forever. He's going to be a doctor. He's, he's going to be a doctor. <laughs> hey, man, we're from the same hometown, so I uh, I know I know his educational back, background. I'm not sure I want him cutting on me, but uh, maybe he'll he'll, <laughs> he'll slice some out of the uh, of the Ouch. outfield for you. So, um, hey, we thank you as always. Uh, have a great uh, weekend coming up. Look forward to seeing you after the games, and we'll talk to you again soon. Appreciate it, Coach. Yeah, my pleasure, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank Thanks, you very Coach. much. All right, there you go, Coach uh, Mark Kingston. Only joking about dear old Latta. I was going Hi. to say
2: you can't backhand your own hometown. I'm
0: only that. kidding. I'm only <laughs> kidding. <laughs>